Hi everyone, welcome to Making the Magic. This week we're talking about some of the differences you can expect when you visit Disneyland Paris if you've already been to Disney World in Florida. If Paris is your first trip to a Disney park, I mean, you're going to love it, aren't you? Oh yes, it's not like anything else. You can't compare it to Alton Towers, Chessington or Legoland. But if you have been to Disney World, then I think inevitably you're going to start comparing the two. And I have to admit, I've been to Disney World lots of times before I went to Paris. And then I found myself spending the whole trip saying, well, it's not like this in Florida. You can do this in Orlando. You can't do this in Paris. And I think that's where you're going to go wrong, isn't it? Yes. It's like if you went to the cinema and you went to watch a film, but you were spending the entire time comparing it to a different film. You're not going to enjoy it. You need to just live in the moment and embrace where you're actually at compared to just comparing it all the time. I mean, there's lots of things the same. You've still got the Disney magic. You've still got the characters, but there are some differences. I mean, very obviously the weather, the sunshine state. I mean, it does rain. You go in the summer, you're going to get those big downpours in the afternoon, but pretty much year round, it's warm. Yes. Whereas in France, it's pretty much the same weather as you're going to get in the south of the UK. So if you live sort of towards London or Southampton, that kind of area, it's not that dissimilar weather over here in Paris. So, for example, in the winter, it's going to get cold. In the summer, it can get hot. Last summer in 2020, we got temperatures up to about 39, 40 degrees on one Wow. Place. Oh, that's so Florida temperatures. Really isn't it? hot, really sunny. And then we had sun. You know, it was sunny and warm from March onwards up until end of October, maybe even beginning of November. And then the temperatures changed. And so beginning of December, it went down to sort of two or three degrees. Still quite sunny, but it's still quite cold and, uh, you know, a bit of a chill in the air. Yeah. I mean, I've been in October for October half term and it's still been beautiful weather. Really nice. I think the difference is it's when the sun goes down at night, if you're there for watching the fireworks in the evening, it's pretty chilly then, isn't it? You do need your coat and things. And when we came over in January, the weather wasn't quite so great. So you've got to be prepared for that. It is designed for that, isn't it? I mean, there are a lot more indoor queuing areas. I mean, I particularly like the arcades down Main Street yes, so that yes. you can walk indoors the length of Main Street. And I don't think many people know about those because they're never really crowded, are they? When I go in the park, if I'm going in by myself or with people that we've been in quite a few times before, we're sort of cast members and stuff, we always walk up the arcades because yeah. no one's ever in them. And if you're walking up Main Street, you've got to dodge all the people trying to take photos and things like that. So to get from one point to another, it's really quick just walking up the arcade. They're really cool as well. They represent different sides of the time in America. So the one on the left-hand side, because it's next to Frontierland, you'll notice that all of the lighting is gaslighting because at that time it would have been gaslights. Whereas on the right-hand side in the Discovery Arcade, because it's next to, it's coming up to Discovery Land, you've got gas ones, but you've also got electric lights as well. There are some really interesting things to look at in the cases. I do quite like a, a little sit on one of the benches in there just to uh, yeah, have a little rest and relax, do a bit of people watching. The other kind of obvious thing is, I mean, you're in France. People are speaking French, which is nice. You know, it's good to go to another country and feel like you're in another country. But everyone speaks English as well, don't they? Your struggle to find someone who doesn't speak English at all. There is, of course, going to be people who don't speak English. It's not a requirement. French is the only language you need to be able to speak because 42% of people that come to the park are French. And then you've also got people from Belgium who can also speak French as well. And English is the preferred second language. But you will get people who are, for example, Italian. So they speak Italian and French. So they don't need to be able to speak English. 
you generally will find if one person on that team that you're speaking to doesn't speak English, the next person that they're with should probably be able to speak English. Yeah. Also, the chances are, if you're asking them a question, as long as you're saying it in a clear way and you're not using complicated language, the chances are they've probably been asked that question a million times before. If you're in a quick service restaurant and you want no ice in your drink, you know, you don't have to know what the word for ice is because they would have heard it so many times. And you just say, no, shake your head, ice. And as long as you're saying it clear and concisely, they're going to understand what you're saying. Yeah. So all the common questions they're going to be able to answer if you're asking for directions or you're pointing at things, then you, it's not going to be any problem to get by in the, the Disney park if really, you don't no. speak, speak French. <laughs> but like everywhere, it's nice to learn a few words, isn't it, to be able to say thank you and please and things like that. I think people appreciate that. Oh, definitely. It does annoy me a little bit when I see British families come over and they say hello, not bonjour. You know what the word bonjour means? Say bonjour. Yeah. You know what mercy means? Even if you just say bonjour, mercy and civil play for please. Yeah. All of the shows and the attractions, the main languages for those are English and French, so you're not going to have any problems. Some of the shows, they do alternating shows, don't they? So they'll have one in French and then one in English. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes the outdoor shows, especially in the studios, will be done. The ones on the stage in front of the Tower of Terror, those will be done one time in English and then another time in French. And the same with the Stitch show as well. Oh, yes. Well, I inadvertently did go take my children into the Stitch show when it was a French showing. When we got in there, I was oh, it'll be fine. We'll get by. But if anyone have been to the Stitch show, you'll know that they do actually interact with people in the audience and talk and ask questions. And my kids the whole way through were looking at me going, what have you done? They're going to ask us a question and we don't know what they're saying. And yeah, so I wouldn't advise that unless you do speak reasonable <laughs> French. Make sure you go to the English show. One of the shows I think does it really well is the Mickey and the Magician show. So they speak French and English, but you can easily follow that show. And it is a brilliant one. You need to make sure you go and see that. It's a very, very good show. I mean, the way they do it is, uh, so Mickey speaks in French and then pretty much all the other characters speak in English. And it's a call and repeat method so for example if mickey says something in french like who are you the person will reply back who am i i'm such and yeah such. so you yeah. understand what the question and then mickey will reply back saying oh you're such and such because the name might not translate might be a different name in french so they do it like that so as long as you're listening to the english it's not particularly hard show to follow all the singing is pretty much done in english as well one of the things I know people who've been to Disney World and then go to Disneyland Paris comment on is some of the cultural differences and particularly around things like queuing, maybe French people not quite as keen as English people or Americans to queue. I remember going there as a kid and, you know, you almost had to form a line to stop people from going past. But that's because Disney and theme parks in general are quite new in France, but because they've been coming for so long, they started to understand actually the principles of queuing. I only live five minutes away. And I can't remember the last time I saw anyone queue jump or try to queue jump. So it doesn't really happen a lot. I'm assuming it probably obviously does happen. You're always going to get someone who does it. The main thing is your, people tend to stand closer to you than maybe we're used to in the UK. But that is literally, it's a cultural thing. They're not trying to invade your personal space with that. When I first moved to France as a cast member, I would have people standing right next to me like when we're having like a, a meeting or something. And kids are looking like, why are you standing so close? But it is literally just a cultural thing. They don't mean anything by it. Again, this is perhaps something from a few years ago rather than now is smoking. I don't know if you know this, Amanda, but we're actually, the UK is either, it's either the second or third lowest 
consumers of tobacco in Europe. We're actually really low down. So we do notice it a lot more when people do smoke. Now, France, I think there's twice as many smokers in France than there is in the UK. So you're going to get twice as many people doing it. And France is a very liberal kind of country. So, you know, if you try and stop them from doing something, they just want to do it more. They have started to clamp down on the no smoking in the park apart from in certain areas. And it is a lot better than before. And like anything, you're always going to get those one or two people that either just don't know or just don't want to be told. I mean, certainly the last couple of times I've been, I've noticed it less than going back a few years. But also because you don't see people smoking in public places anywhere near as much as you used to in the UK, that when you do see it anywhere, it really stands out. So maybe you're just noticing it a lot more. I mean, of course, at Disney, you are getting that great Disney service. Everyone's really helpful and pleasant, but maybe not quite in the same way as in Orlando. People are really helpful, but they're not maybe smiley all the time. Have a nice day. Everything's your welcome. Yes. I mean, when I was a cast member, we were told, don't put on a fake smile because people will see straight through it. So they said to be kind of neutral, but don't force it because someone's smiling all the time. It seems very fake and false. And they'd rather see people being kind of natural, you know, smiling when they're actually happy. I mean, in the restaurants, suppose in America, there's very much a tipping culture. So servers are used to being tipped maybe 15, 20% of the value of the meal. So they are going to really look after you because they want to have that tip. Whereas, yeah, you do tip in France, but nowhere near as much as that. And it's not expected as much, is it? What most people do is they either round it up or, you know, 10% an average kind of tip. But generally, if I'm going to somewhere and the meal for two of us has cost 62 euro, then we'll round it up to 70 euro. What I'd always say is, if you're paying on card, leave the tip in cash. (laughs) Yeah. And you told me something interesting about drink refills, because I know, again, in Orlando, in a Disney restaurant, I mean, you've not finished your drink and then they're coming and they're topping up your soft drink, but you don't get that in Paris, do you? Uh, No, it's illegal. Um, oh, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Over here, what they've done is they've banned unlimited refills on drinks to try and curb people drinking too many fizzy sort of sugary drinks. So if you, yeah, if your server's not bringing you refills all the time, that's why it's not that they're not being attentive. They're not allowed to come and refill it for you. Yeah, generally, when you go into a restaurant, so if you go into something like Plaza Gardens, it does say at the front of it that you have one sparkling drink they call it or which is usually like a sort of 33 centiliter so like the size of a can drink this including there are some really great dining options at disneyland paris not as many as disney world obviously there's just not anywhere near as big i think one of the weaker things are the quick service options compared to disney world they don't have any quick service options in the hotels and the ones in the parks or maybe i just haven't discovered the right ones but they do tend to be what you think of as theme park food, so burgers, chicken. Yeah, it depends on where you go. I think last time you were over, you had the full dining plan. Yeah. In table Some seats. really lovely All restaurants, the- too yeah. much food, far yeah. too much. Whereas I didn't have the dining plan because I live here, so I can't buy a dining plan. So myself and Sally went to a few more quick service. The biggest ones like Hyperion and Studio One in Onkelis in the Studios Park, they are your burger and fries kind of theme park kind of food. There are better places to eat. So I generally tend to avoid the burgers. I generally tend to avoid Casey's Corner with the hot dogs. I prefer going to Cowboy Cookout. It's really good. It's 
chicken on the bone or it's barbecue food. They do a Texan platter, which is basically you get half a chicken, you get some ribs and you get sausage and you get sort of chunky chips all covered in this amazing, really tasty barbecue sauce. And that's really nice. They do do salads. If you go to Akuna Matata, you can go and get things like different meats with rice and grilled vegetables. And that was really good. How about special diets? So if you're vegan or gluten-free? Yes. Well, my friend came over and he's a vegan. And what they've done is vegan and vegetarianism isn't particularly big in France at all. What they've done is instead of doing a vegetarian option, they've done a vegan option for pretty much most things. So actually, when you go and buy like ice creams in the park, you'll be able to go and get your normal versions, and then you'll get the vegan version of it as well. When my friend was over, we went to Fuerte de Loro, which is the Mexican quick service place in Frontierland. He ordered the loaded fries, and we just asked for no cheese on top. Usually he had that. If you're gluten-free, two things. My mum's gluten-free. So, that so I am I. One, you can either ask for a gluten-free meal. Now, that is usually not that great because it's a pre-packaged kind of ready meal that's going to microwave but just choose things that are naturally gluten-free yeah so for example if you went to cowboy cookout then you had the chicken and chips with the barbecue sauce that doesn't have gluten in it each of them they have a book and it lists every single thing they have and it lists every single potential intolerance so if it's got mustard in it if it's got gluten in it if it's got all the other things dairy products just ask for the intolerance guide. And in fact, they should actually ask you now when you go in. Every time I've been in, if for probably the last six or seven months, but they'll say to you, do you have any allergies? Yeah, I think they're so much better in the last couple of years. I found the table service restaurants, you know, they'll always talk to you and try and adapt things if they possibly can. I mean, what I tend to do is rather than having the actual gluten-free meal is just try to choose things that don't yes. have wheat and gluten in them. And I think that's the best way to go if you can. We talked about the difference in size between Disneyland Paris and Disney World. So Disney World is huge, as we know, 47 square miles. I mean, it's a town, isn't it? Or you know, a large town at that. It's the size of Greater Manchester. Yeah. I mean, if you've been to Paris, yeah, so what's that's nine square miles around that. So it's really easy to get around your walking distance from all of the on-site hotels to the parks. So when we're booking people to go to Disney World and they say, I want to stay in the hotel where you can walk to all of the parks. And you have to explain to them, well, there aren't any hotels that fit that. And you might be able to walk to one or two of the parks. Yeah, but only yeah. to the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. When you walk, wait, or the Contemporary to the Magic Kingdom, or one of the, um, you know, the Boardwalk or Yacht and Beach Club to Epcot, Disney Studios. But then you've still got to get transportation to the other parks. Whereas what I really love about Disneyland Paris is how easy it is to get around. Even at the furthest on-site hotels, Okay, it might be 15, 20 minute walk or there's the free shuttle bus, five minutes and then you're there, aren't you? Exactly. It's um, the Cheyenne and Santa Fe, the furthest ones away. Even if you were in the furthest away point of that hotel, I mean, it takes me, I'm quite quick at walking and I think that probably takes me about 10 minutes. This is the thing. If you can walk it, walk it because you'll do security at Disney Village as opposed to doing it with the entrance, which is where all the day trippers are coming in from the car park. And that can have a really long queue to get through security. Yeah. And then the two parks are right next door to each other as well, aren't they? So if you do want to go to the Disneyland Park in the morning and then hop across to the studios, I mean, it's just a couple of minutes. And here's a little tip for you, Amanda. The fast pass systems between the two parks aren't linked. Oh, right. 
if you go and get a fast pass in Disneyland Park, for example, for Peter Pan's flight, you can actually send someone over to the studios and they can go and grab one for Ratatouille, for example. Well, that is a really good tip. Just talking about the fast pass system, at the moment, anyway, it's different than you'll find in Disney World. So it's the old paper system, isn't it? So somebody's got to actually go to the ride and get the fast pass out of the machine. You don't all have to be there. And please also, especially for things like Peter Pan, it can be a bit of a bottleneck. Just send one person up to go and scan the tickets. You don't all have to go and scan them. You don't all have to be there. What I normally do is I say, okay, we'll have a quick look. Right, we're in Fantasyland. Right, there's no queue for the teacups or 10-minute queue for teacups. You go and do the teacups because I'm not fussed about doing it. I'll go and get a fast pass for somewhere else, and then I'll meet you at the exit to the teacups. Or, you know, maybe the kids want to go and get an ice cream or they need to go to the toilet, for example. Toilet breaks are great if uh, to go and grab fast passes. You can send yes. someone off to go and get fast passes. Now, the way it works is you scan your ticket and it gives you a reservation time to come back. You just need to scan every single person's ticket to be able to get onto there. So, for example, if you were with little kids that couldn't get onto, say, Space Mountain, so only two of you wanted to go on Space Mountain, you only scan two tickets. It doesn't actually have to be that person's ticket. The names and photos aren't on there, so it's not going to be, you're not Amanda, you can't go on the ride, you've used someone else's ticket to scan. It doesn't matter. So you scan the ticket and you get your fast passes, you get your reservation time. It's a half an hour window. In America, they give you an hour window. In Paris, you've got a half an hour window. I know they're really strict on that. You've got to be back in that half an hour. It depends. I mean, I've been in five minutes late into them before and things. I think it's just down to if there's a huge queue to get into fast pass, then they might be a bit funny, but. They should let you go in afterwards. If you go beforehand, they will make you stop unless there's no... Yeah, you can't. You can never go early, can you? But there's perhaps no, a little bit no. of leeway if you're a little bit late, if you've been delayed. I always just say um, we, we'll broke down on another ride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's not your fault. If you're eating in a restaurant, it's your fault because you know what time your fast pass was. Yeah. Um, we got a fast pass for the Tower of Terror once and then we realised after we'd scanned it and it was quite a bit later, it was sort of three hours a bit later, we said, we got a dining reservation for so I went up to the cast member at the fast pass entrance to the Tower of Terror and I just said, oh, can you change it so we go on a bit later on? And she said, she had a little think about it and she went, come back in five minutes and you can just go straight on. And the way it works is, so you go and scan your ticket and then you go back and you go through the fast pass entrance. So it's usually a shorter queue. And once you've scanned it, you can then get another one either when your time is up or after two hours. So for example, if you scan your ticket, at 10 a.m. and your fast pass for Peter Pan, the return time is 11 a.m., you can then go and scan another fast pass at 11 a.m. for any ride. But if your fast pass return time was 2 o'clock and you scanned it at 10, you can get another one at 12, but not for the same ride. So So like the old system at Disney World, apart from the shorter window to come back. But we do hear this is going to be changing and that Disneyland Paris may be going to more of an online system where you're booking things with your phone than having the paper system. Yeah. In America, you've also got the pads, haven't you? So if you're using... Yeah, so you've got the kiosks you can do on the day. Yeah. There isn't isn't a kiosk here to do that. So maybe that's something they might need to do in the future is if they're going to make it so that all the fast passes are digital that they need to have some kind of kiosk to be able to get them. It's also at the moment, it's a bit easier to link your tickets. Whereas here, it is getting better because you are going to be able to check in your, your hotel on your phone soon as well. And there's lots of other things coming. So it is going to get over the next year or so, it's going to get a lot better. 
technology-wise in Paris. So he is going to bring it up to date. Not getting magic bands because, again, they're illegal over here. The French government will let them have them. What, because of uh, tracking people? Partly doing tracking people. It's to do with fingerprinting because with your okay. with a magic band, you then use a fingerprint to get into the park. Whereas you're not allowed to fingerprint people over in France. Only the police have that right to fingerprint people. So if you had a system where you were wearing something, well, how do you know that person's ticket? I'm very organized when it comes to going to Disney World, as you know. And I like planning all my dining, planning all my fast passes. But it does take the pressure off a lot when you're going to Paris that you're not having to think, what ride do I want to go on at 10.30 in 60 days' time? You know, so you're, <laughs> the fact that you're booking things on the day, I think it does take away some of that planning. What it does do is if you've never been here before, how do you know which ride you're going to really enjoy? Yeah. You might actually think, well... I really like Space Mountain in America. You come over here and realize it's a lot bigger, scarier version. And if you'd book that three days in a row to do it at 10 o'clock in the morning, and you think, oh, well, that's a waste because I don't want to do that when I get it's too scary mm. for the kids. So actually by doing it this way, you can just choose. Okay, well, on the day, what, what do you feel like doing today, kids? Oh, we want to go on Big Thunder Mountain. All right, let's go and get past, past Big Thunder Mountain. It's a lot more yeah. free flowing the dining i'd still definitely recommend and at fairytale holidays we do do your dining reservations for you you can do it yourself what we do is we do put any notes on and we put them in french because when the server gets your reservation they're going to be reading it now a lot of people can speak english they can't necessarily read it so if you've written the complicated instruction onto there the chances are they might not be able to be able to read it Whereas if it's written in French, they're all going to be able to read it and understand it. So if you're good yeah. tolerant, you know, they might be able to get a gist of it. But Yeah, or celebrating a special occasion, a birthday, yeah. an anniversary, yeah. then we can make sure that that's on there for you. Yeah. And for some of the more popular, particularly the character meals, then yeah, we definitely do recommend booking them as soon as you can because they are really, really popular. Definitely. Something like Inventions is really super popular and especially if you want to go to the brunch on Sunday, the themed brunch, that books out quite far in advance. I mean, if you've been to Disney World before and you walk into the Disneyland Park, I mean, you're going to feel it's very familiar. It does look the same as you're walking in. You've got Main Street, you've got the castle. Of course, that castle, it's not Cinderella's castle, is it? It's Sleeping Beauty's castle. And it's big and it's pink. It's the prettiest of all. I've been to all the it is. It's the prettiest of all. That was the thing when they were building here. You know, we actually have real castles in Europe. So they couldn't just build sort of the block sort of style one they have in the two American parks and the Tokyo park they had at the same time as well. They had to build something that was a fairy tale. Yeah. And I mean, the disappointing thing in Disney World is that you, apart from going to Cinderella's Royal Table and the Bippity Boppity Boutique, you can't go inside that castle you can't climb up it whereas in paris of course you can you can climb right to the top of the castle well not right to the top but close <laughs> to the top <laughs> yeah you can then have a look out over Fantasyland as well it's a really kind of cool viewing area from up there it's really beautiful inside with the stained glass yeah it tells you the story of steep and beauty now have you been underneath have you been <laughs> well i was just going to say that is another one of my favorites is going down underneath the castle but you do have to be very careful not to wake the dragon that's underneath yes the dragon is there and it, and uh, she's broken from her chain so she can move around she can move her head around and it's quite dark down there as well so little kids can find it really scary and then just suddenly she'll get up and have a little look around and then just have a sniff and if like that and it's huge animatronic dragon. I always have to go and have a look at the dragon when I'm down there. There isn't quite as much to do 
at Disneyland Paris or in Disney World. I mean, we're talking two parks rather than four parks, don't have the water parks. I mean, it does have some unique things that you can't find at Disney World. So in the studios, it's probably got the things that's got the most unique rides. So at the moment, until it opens over in Epcot, you've got Ratatouille, which they're getting copy of over in Epcot. And I remember going to that for the first time. I was blown away with it. And I remember taking my friends on it who were sort of, you know, 25 to 30 years old. And I thought they might prefer to go on the tower and things like that. It was their favorite ride. They couldn't tell the difference between the screen and what was real and what wasn't real. And every time I take kids onto that, they absolutely love it. One of my friend's kids had never even seen the film, didn't understand what the film was about or anything like that, went on it. It's now his most favorite film of all time. We watched it to death when they got back. He got a Remy plush toy whilst he was over here. Everything. I just found it amazing. It's a really good ride. It is one of my most favourite rides out of any of the Disney parks. I think Ratatouille is my favourite and I'm so pleased that they're going to be getting it over in Orlando. And I think the best thing you can do to plan ahead is go ride the ride and then go straight to Shea Remy for lunch, yes, which be. overlooks the ride. Which we did in January, didn't we? We did, we did. And I've done that a few times now after getting off that ride. And I think that is really special. Maybe, yeah, ride before lunch, not yes, after, because yes. there is a little bit of spinning, not too much, but it's maybe not great on a full stomach. After a nice steak after the yeah. And then you've got next door, you've got Toy Story Land, which is different to the Toy Story Land in America. So it was actually the first Toy Story Land in the world. So I think there's three or four of them now around the world, four of them now around the world. So it was the first one. So it was kind of the prototype. So you've got RC Racer. Because I go on the rides quite a lot, my stomach doesn't really go when I go on the tower and things. It doesn't kind of throw me off balance. But RC Racer, when that pulls off, it does make my stomach go a little bit. I know. I think these things, they look like little kiddie rides. No, it's not. Yeah, they look like small... Ch- <laughs> no. You've got the Slinky Dog ride as well, which is a fun little ride that the little, little, little ones can go on to. Crush's Coaster, which is, again, really cool ride. It's a spinning indoor roller coaster, so you're on the back of the turtle shell. Um, you get attacked by Bruce. I don't think you've been on this one, have you, Amanda? No, okay, spinning is not my thing. I remember spending a long time in the outdoor portion of that ride trying to capture a photo of my family because <laughs> they spin around it. No, photo. No, that's not my family. No, that's not until eventually, yes, it was them. <laughs> it's really good. It's one of my favourite rides. It's quite a simple ride. And then you go into this wild indoor roller coaster ride that spins and because it spins it depends on how many people and what the weight of the people are as to how much you spin so the last time i went on it there was five of us and so there's only four people per carriage so they said how do you want to split up and they couldn't decide between them when i'm with people i just let them decide what they want to do because i got it whenever i want so i don't really mind and i'd you just all go together i'll go on a different one expecting they would put me on with someone else but they didn't i had the entire carriage to myself which meant that i just span non-stop because i was the only thing in there <laughs> if we go with someone else and there's two of you and you've got you're either all in the front or one in the front one in the back you kind of balance yourself out so you do spin but not as much and this one just constantly spat and i've been on that ride quite a few times and it was spinning out of control so, so think- not one for a solo rider then, maybe. <laughs> yeah pair up with somebody else it's really fun though i mean i come off going wow i feel really dizzy and i've been it so many times i shouldn't be coming off feeling dizzy but it's a really great <laughs> ride uh, don't have it 
just after food. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a really popular ride as well, isn't it? I mean, that is one to be going on as soon as you arrive in the morning because the queues do soon build up. Yes, even when the park first opened, it's got such a low capacity per hour. I think it only takes about 800 people per hour, whereas something like Pirates of the Caribbean takes about 2,500. Things like the Stitch show if you've been on turtle talk yeah yeah turtle talk with crush so it's very very similar to that isn't it a different story yeah yeah. very similar over there and then you've got over in the main park you've got a lot of rides that you'll get in orlando but the different versions of the rides so something like big thunder mountain is a lot bigger in paris than it is in orlando generally if there's a ride in orlando and it's also in paris it's a bigger better version because the second or third or fourth time they've built that ride so they know what works and they know which bit so for example big thunder mountain over here is in the middle of the lake yeah on its own island yeah and so you you know what you say to people it's over there and you go and they go how how did we get there they go you know that first bit the beginning where you go down we're going underneath the lake yeah and so many people don't realize what's going on but it's really great version of it it's a great ride to go on but it's very to look at it it's very attractive as well to watch it going round. it's interesting to look at because it is on the island i think yes so you can go on the boats you can go on the molly brown boat that goes around big thunder mountain things like pirates the caribbean it's a different version because with the two versions in america a lot of the time it was they were just trying to fit in where they could things uh, and it didn't necessarily have a flow or a story to it whereas this time there is actually a story behind it and there is a flow to what you're doing. And the same as in California is there's a restaurant inside. You can go to Captain Jack's restaurant inside and actually dine whilst people float past you on the ride. Yeah, I really like Captain Jack's. I've been there a few times and I think it does feel like a unique dining experience, the fact that you're right in the ride. It's really quite nice food as well. I mean, I don't eat yeah. fish and it is very sort of skewed towards Caribbean and fish. Uh, but there is plenty of things that you can have without fish or you can ask there's a prawn and chicken curry i think it is like a caribbean sort of style curry and you can just ask them can you just make it without prawns please if you want to be on the safe side just tell them you're allergic (laughs) that's what i do because you don't want to be just classed as being fussy but if you're allergic to something (laughs) then that works and they have to take it out whereas if you're yeah i just don't like it i just don't like it no but it is worth checking out the menu particularly if you've got children who you know are a little bit fussy then you need to make sure that there's things on there that they they would like to eat i know i went with my kids when they were quite small and they really enjoyed it It it's just a different yeah, it's not thing part food. You don't expect chicken nuggets and things like that, which you can get pretty much anywhere. It is really kind of nice menu. And again, if you want to do something which isn't just burgers and fries and things like that, then it's a really nice way to just go and sit down and have a nice meal in somewhere unique. You can't really do many other restaurants where you're inside a ride. No, absolutely. Another thing that's slightly different to Disney World is extra magic hours. So if you've been to Disney World, you used to at least one of the parks will will have an hour in the morning and then three hours in the evening. So you can choose which park you want to go to based on which one's got the extra magic hours. It's a bit different to that in Paris, isn't it? Yeah. So Disneyland Park will open around 8.30 in the morning for hotel guests. So people staying at a Disney hotel. So it doesn't work if you're staying with the partner hotels. And so this gives you access to a lot of the most popular rides within the park uh, when it opens. And then they start letting in sort of the regular guests. And the regular guests can sort of get in there from sort of 9.30, 10, depending on the day. So you get at least an hour before the most people sort of arrive there. I mean, what you can do, people go, oh, yeah, but I want to have breakfast. What you can do is you can go to the park 
and then go back for breakfast once all the crowds get in there. If you're doing your character breakfast at Plaza Gardens, there's two sittings. There's one at 8.15 and there's one at 9.45. I always say to people, go to the 9.45 one. Go and do your extra yeah. magic hours. Do, do your extra magic hours. Go on Peter Pan five times in a row. Then when the day trippers are arriving, you're having breakfast. I think that's a really good tip. I've done that a few times. And okay, you are eating breakfast a little bit later that day, but you managed to get so much more done. And it's not just the rides. It's being able to go into the park before there are those crowds. So if you want your nice pictures in front yes. of the castle and you just don't want everywhere to feel quite as crowded, then it's definitely worth it. At least one of the days you're there is to go into the parks early. Definitely go and get your photos done. Go and stand in front of the castle and get your photos done without sort of the big kind of crowds. Tick off a few rides as well. You can go into the ones that fill up quickly during the day of things like Peter Pan's flight. Go and do that during extra magic hours. You can kind of walk straight onto it almost. It's a short ride, that isn't it? It's only a couple of minutes long, really, but the queues are an awesome. And I definitely do. I love Peter Pan's flight, whether it's in Paris or in Orlando. So you have to do it, but you won't want to queue a long time because the ride is so short. Yes, I mean, I either fast pass it or I do it in extra magic hours. I don't really ever, unless there's no queue or sort of 15 minute queue during the day, I wouldn't actually queue up during the day. And that's the thing is you can just plan it around you and you can say, right, let's tick off some of the things that have got longer queues like Buzz Lightyear, um, like Peter Pan's flight. Let's tick those off. And then when the park starts to open, actually, let's go and do the things that have got smaller queues. Um, yeah, all the shows and things like that. Show, we'll go and meet characters. Sometimes there are characters during Extra Magic Hours. It does depend. When you book, we will tell you and we can send you the list of what's going to be open. Do you usually do it sort of about a month beforehand? So we can send you the list and say, this is what we recommend you do with your kids when you go to Extra Magic Hours. I mean, one of the things I like about Paris is there are quieter times of the year. I think with Orlando now, I mean, going back a number of years, yeah, if you're going in the the sort of down season, the parts will be a bit quieter, shorter lines. You just don't get that anymore. Whereas in Paris, there are times of the year that are definitely quieter than others. If you don't have to go in school holidays and you don't mind what time of the year you go, then there are times that are shorter queues and less people around. Yeah, I mean, for example, if you want to go when the weather's good, and you can don't have to go during school holidays, then the middle of May and most of June, during the week, it's really quiet in June because there's no European school holidays. And it's really, usually quite good weather as well. Mm. Um, so those are really sort of good times if you want to kind of go for Christmas season. Then if you go in midweek, November, even beginning of December, it's pretty quiet. The weekends in December are the complete opposite are complete madness because Disney hire out the park in the evening once it's close to sort of big corporations like Air France and they have their Christmas parties there. So they obviously go during the day as well. So you've got sort of 40,000 Air France employees going in as well as all the regular guests. I personally don't go in the park. <laughs> then, And again, by speaking to us, we can tell you the best sort of times of the year to go and, and yeah. maybe avoid that weekend, run weekend, maybe go weekend afterwards instead. Unless you have to go for a certain date, then speak to us because we know when it's busy and when it's quiet. And Disneyland Paris, I really like the fact that they have the seasonal events. So say so they have the run weekends, which they also have at Disney World. And at Disney World, you've got things like food and wine, flower and garden. But Disneyland Paris has got lots of seasonal events, hasn't it, with special shows and exclusive things going on. 
Yeah, they tend to change them every couple of years as well. So last couple of years, they've had the Jungle Book and uh, Lion King Festival in the summer with Jungle Book Jive, which is my favorite show I've ever seen uh, across any of the parks around the world, let alone just in Disneyland Paris. Really fun. So hopefully that's going to be coming back. Christmas is amazing. I think Christmas is really well done here. It's really amazing over in Orlando, but it just feels more Christmassy because it's cold. They just seem to do slightly more for it. It just kind of feels a bit more Christmassy. Um, then you have other ones as well so we've had ones in the past where it's a frozen celebration star wars they do have these little chalets in the food events in the studios of around the ratatouille area so you can eat different sort of snack foods from different parts of france but also they extended that out last time to be from different snacks from around europe as well really nice sort of sitting out in the sun and having sort of sangria and having a little snack yeah sounds pretty good to me it's very very nice way to spend the afternoon and they do just like some of the smaller events as well. So they always have magical fireworks, uh, bonfire night, which was just a UK date to celebrate, but they always mark that. St. David's Day, St. Patrick's Day, lots of celebrations throughout the year. Yeah, if you're here for St. Patrick's Day and for uh, St. David's Day as well, they do something special in the park as well. They get people over from Wales to come and do sort of special dances and things like that. So it's a great time to kind of come. There is usually something going on. It's very rare that you'll come here and there's not a season or something seasonal happening. And I know going forwards, they want to do more seasonal shows and events to encourage people to come back, basically. Well, that's it. It does mean that you can come back and you can see a different show or some different characters if you're coming at a different time of year. Yeah, we could have a lot of guests who will come over for Christmas because they come for Christmas every single year. It's like a family tradition. But then they come back in the summer because they want to have a bit more of a lazy sort of day. So they go into the park. The park's up at 11. They go in the park. They're going to do some rides and they might go back to the hotel. Or if they're staying at Village Nature, they're going to have like a couple of days exploring that and then also go to the parks as well. And most people tend to come for a short break, don't they? So they're coming for three or four nights. I mean, I think three nights is the perfect amount of time because you've got a day in each of the parks and then another day to go back and do your favourite things. I mean, going to Orlando, most people go for two weeks. You could easily fill your time two weeks with Disney and people perhaps go to Universal as well. They might go to SeaWorld, Discovery Cove. They might go to the beaches. I mean, we do have people who have Disneyland Paris and then want to do other things as well. I mean, the most popular thing to do is go and spend a day in Paris. Yeah, so a lot of people will do three nights, two nights at Disneyland Paris, and then go and do a night, maybe two nights in Paris as well. So they want to go and experience and go and see the Alpha Tower and you know, go to the Louvre and those kind of things. But if you were staying, just staying in your Disneyland hotel, it's really easy to get into the centre of Paris to do all those tourist attractions as well. Yeah, really easy. You can either just do it as a day trip or if you wanted to have a bit more time to explore, then we'd suggest going and actually staying in Paris itself if you want to have a bit more time to explore. But if you want to go to the Eiffel Tower really easy to get to Alpha Tower from Disney. So again, I don't think people really appreciate how close the train station is, whether you're getting the Eurostar or you're using the local train to get into Paris. I mean, it's just a five minute walk less than that from the entrance to the parks. To get to the security to go through to the parks from the train station is probably 200, 300 meters, if that. You were saying Bolt could do it really quickly. In a couple of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me, maybe not so much. And, and then how long does it take to get into central Paris? About 45 minutes to get to the Eiffel Tower. You're looking at just over an hour. So easy enough to go there and back in a day and do all the main attractions, yeah. isn't it? Very, very easy to do. And then other things that are close by. I mean, there's Val de Europe, which is the huge shopping centre. There's the Sea Life Aquarium there. 
Yeah, you've got the valley, which is the outlet designer village, sort of like MacArthur again, sort of style one. A lot of people now are staying, they've been quite a few times before, they're staying at Village Nature. Yeah, we love Village Nature, don't yeah. we? Well, I've stayed there a few times before, and I've been down there as a day visitor, and they invited me down to go and have a look around. And you're kind of a bit spoilt when you go down there, because you just see how much stuff there is to do. The Aqua Lagoon is the main thing. And it's just this amazing indoor-outdoor water park. It's geothermally heated, so the temperature all year round is about 34-degree water temperature, which is really warm. I think we need to do a whole show on Village Nature because, uh, yeah, we really do like uh, talking about that. Yes. So Disneyland Paris compared to Disney World. Ah, I suppose if I really had to push myself, I'd rather go on the holiday to Disney World. A lot warmer. Yeah, but it's also a lot further. It's a lot more expensive. Disneyland Paris is great for a short break. Get your Disney fix if you can't go out to Orlando. The other people I'd really recommend it for are people with smaller children who are thinking about going to Disney World. Certainly that's what I did with my kids when they were little because it's a long way to go and a lot of money to spend if they hate Mickey Mouse, you know, like they're terrified (laughs) of the characters or they hate the rides. I mean, it's not all rides and it's not all characters, but I think it gives you a little taster it's not the same but it definitely would give you a little taster of what disney world was like without the long journey and the big investment of a disney world holiday and also little kids get tired it's so much easier if the kids get tired to take them back to the hotel for a nap in the afternoon or a swim in the pool than it is to do in Orlando, even if you're staying on site So you'll find a lot of the same Disney magic that you'll get at any of the Disney parks around the world. But yeah, I suppose you just say try not to compare it in terms of what's better or worse and just appreciate it for what it is. Definitely. Just live in the moment. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our weekly episodes. If you'd like to find out more about fairytale holidays, please visit our website, fairytaleholidays.co.uk. You can find all the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you next week.